Praise the Lord. Welcome in everyone to another Sower of Seeds podcast. I'm your host, Ted Johnson. And as always, let's go to the Lord in prayer. My kind and gracious, living Heavenly Father, God, I thank you, Lord, for this. Another privilege, dear God, to bow my head, dear God, and to call upon your name, dear Lord, and to know that you hear and answer our prayers. And Lord, I just ask God that you will just move, dear God, in this podcast today. Lord, that you will just bless those that are listening, dear God. Lord, that you will just help them in some way, dear God. Just help them to uh, understand your word a little better and to draw closer to you, dear God. And I pray if there be anyone, dear God, that is lost and out in sin, that God, that you will some way, somehow, Lord, that you will touch their hearts and their minds, dear God, that they may give their heart and life to you before it's too late. God, just move and have your way and just take touch my mind and my lips, dear God, that I may teach the words that you would have me to teach, dear God. For it's in Jesus' wonderful name we pray. Amen. Amen. We're going to be in Deuteronomy uh, chapter 3, and we're going to start in verse 21. Uh, <laughs> it's another one of those times where I had two different ways to go, and and uh, not real sure which one, but uh, I think that's the way that we need to go. And Moses is still um, looking back and talking about everything that happened up to the up to the point of where they are now. They're they're getting ready to go into the promised land. All the all the original ones that came out of Egypt have all passed away, and um, the Lord has told Moses uh, that you know he's not going to be able to cross over. Jordan into the promised land because of what he did at the rock uh, when he told him to go to the rock and, and to speak to the rock and uh, water would come out of it and he went to the rock and he smote the rock twice and this was this was supposed to, this is one of those things where Moses was supposed to have talked to the rock spoke to the rock and water come forth and that would uh help the children of Israel, help them to uh, realize that just how, how big a God uh, he, that God really is. But, uh, and he told him, he said, you know, you're not going over. But I'm going to start in verse 21 and read a little bit. And I commanded Joshua at the time, saying, Thine eyes have seen all that the Lord your God hath done unto these two kings, so shall the Lord do unto all the kingdoms whither thou passest. Ye shall not fear them, for the Lord your God, he shall fight for you. And I besought the Lord at that time, saying, O Lord, thou hast begun to show thy servant thy greatness and thy mighty hand, for what God is there in heaven or in earth that can do according to thy works and according to thy might. I pray thee, let me go over and see the good land that is beyond Jordan, that goodly mountain, and Lebanon. But the Lord was wroth with me for your sakes, and would not hear me. And the Lord said unto me, Let it suffice thee, speak no more unto me of this matter. And, uh, you know, and I, I sort of feel sorry for, for Moses because... The situation that he was in when he when he was at that rock, 
uh, and how the children of Israel were coming against him, and they they were complaining and they were blaming him because of they didn't have any water. Uh, they blamed Moses for everything, and, you know, and that's just the way that we are. Even if we go back to the to the Garden of Eden, and uh, we blame we want to blame everybody else for our problems and for things that we done, and for the reasons why that we don't have what we have or. Uh, our blessings we don't get our blessings we don't get our prayers answered we want to we want to blame everybody else including the lord because these things aren't happening when in reality it's our own fault and uh you know i know moses I, I, like i said i feel for him because i i can relate to the situation that he was in uh the people were they were starting to murmur again, and I, for the I don't know how many times that they have come to him and complaining and everything, and you know after so many times uh, people complaining and and uh, it it gets on your nerves a little bit, and I believe this is where Moses was at when he when he walked up to the rock and, and the Lord told him said just speak to it, and said if you'll speak to it water will come out of it, but. But the people were still, even though he was he was there at the rock and everything, and he was going to show the people something, they were still complaining and going on, and and he he sort of got upset and he smote the rock with his rod twice. God still sent sent water out of the rock, enough water for <clears throat> for all the people and all the animals and everything. But in that instance, Moses got. Uh, left out of going into the promised land. The Lord told him, said, you're not going to go over to the promised land because of this thing that you have done. And I'm sure that about every one of us as child, uh, children of God, we can look back over our lives and we can, uh, we can realize that at some point in time in our life, God has promised us something and told us that he was going to give us this and then for some reason uh, of our own doing, not anybody else's, for some reason uh, we didn't get it because of something that we did or something that we did not do. And I'm, I'm in the same boat with everybody else. I, there's things in my life that I can look back over and, and uh, they're not happening because of things that I have done. And Moses, he said, I, I don't want to lead the people in, Lord. I just want to go in and walk around and see this land firsthand. And the Lord told him, said, no. I said, I, you, you just might as well be happy with where you're at and happy with what you got because you're not going to go in, and that's final. Uh, don't, um, don't speak no more to this matter. I don't want to hear it again. So it, it's final. So Moses Moses said, fine, you know. Uh, he had to accept it because there wasn't nothing else that he could do. And But he told him, he said, I'll tell you what, Moses. He said, you go up to the top of Pisgah Mountain, and you look to your north, you look to your south, you look to your east, you look to your west, you and take a good long look. And this is a land where the children of Israel are going to go in and, and possess but that's as close as you're going to get. You're not going to go across Jordan. And uh, this Mount Pisgah uh, is, is a very common or very 
common mountain because if you remember, this is where Balak got Balaam to come up to the mountain to where he could see all the children of Israel and to, so that Balaam could uh, curse the children of Israel. But instead, they, uh, Balaam ended up uh, blessing the children of Israel and Balak got mad. And, but anyway, and this is the mountain where uh, later on, uh, over on over in Deuteronomy, that uh, Moses comes back to die. But he, uh, he charged uh, J- Joshua and encouraged him and strengthened him. He gave him words of encouragement and told him, you know, that he had this, he could do this. He could lead the children in, and he could take them in. And he told him, he said, uh, fear not. Don't worry about what's in there. Don't worry about the people that's in there. Don't worry about the the cities that they have and how big the walls are or how big the people are. Don't worry about those things. God will give you those people just just exactly the same way that he gave you the cities on this side of Jordan. There's no difference. God is the same God on this side of Jordan as he is on that side of Jordan. If he told you to go in and possess the land and take the land from these people, he will bless you and he and you will be able to do it just just listen to him and follow him. And you know that's that's the way that we need to be today. We just we just need to be calm, don't worry about everything that's going on in this world and follow Jesus and and let him work everything out in our lives. I know it's it's hard to do because like I said before, we have been since birth, we have been uh, programmed that we are to take care of things ourselves. We are to make our own path. We are to uh, get a good education and get a good job and and have a big home and nice cars and, and, and join the country clubs and the PTAs and all this stuff. And, and make something of yourself. Well, you know, I, I found out that, you know, I made something of myself. No, I'm, I'm, I don't have no uh, real nice job, uh, you know, making uh, hundreds of thousands of dollars a year. Uh, I don't have any big home or big fine cars or anything like that. But my father, he owns everything in this world. My heavenly father, he owns everything. So I made the choice to follow my, my savior or follow uh, my heavenly father and, and his son and to do the things that they want me to do. And in, when, then by doing that, he has blessed me and he has used me in a great way. And I have found out that that is more precious than all the money in the world and all the big fine houses and fine cars. That is more precious than anything. Is the knowledge that I get from from the Lord and and Him using me and and you know I wish I wish you all would could really get to meet me because I I'm not I'm nothing to look at. I'm just an old fat man that uh, loves the Lord, uh, I work eight hours a day, sometimes six days a week. But I, the thing about it is, is I make time for the Lord. I make time every morning to sit down and to pray and to talk to the Lord and, and to study his word. 
and that's where I get my strength to make it through the day is, is that time I spend with the Lord in the mornings. And that's what I look forward to. That That is the one, I guess that's the highlight of my day is being able to come into my, my room and, and spend time with the Lord, uh, talking to him and, and spend time in his word and learning of him. That's the highlight of my day. I don't, I'm not big on sports. I'm not big on uh, my one thing that I love to do that I don't do much anymore is fish. But, but I look more forward to spending time in, in the Lord than I do fishing now. And I tell you what, you can ask my wife and she'll tell you, I love to fish. Uh, but I love to spend time in the lord and and to talk to him and be with him more than anything and in chapter four moses uh now moses is going to go back and he's going to um go back over the commandments and and just uh refresh the people's minds of how that they need to uh Keep up with the with the camp commandments. Take those those words and hide them in their heart, and and uh, whatever they need to do, if they need to write these down and and make a necklace out of it, or put them on their forehead, or whatever, write them on the wall. Whatever they need to do, they need that's what they need to do so that they will remember these things, because. In the past, the children, the, the men of Israel, they have been a, a little lax on the commandments, and they bypassed a few of them. Uh, you know, well, it'll be all right just one time. Uh, you know, I think the Lord will understand. But, you know, those those are not suggestions. Those are commandments, the Ten Commandments, and those are the ones that we need to keep, and we need to keep all of them. And if you break one of them, you're guilty of them all because we— uh, We've done a Bible study, a lengthy Bible study at church on the Ten Commandments. And they basically all tie together. And it is very easy to break one of them. And in breaking that one, uh, it is even easier to go in and break uh, a lot of the others. Because it, they, are so, they are so tied together. But the main one, you know, the, the one, the, the, uh, Jesus said the main one is love thy neighbor as thyself. You know, if we can love our neighbors, no matter what they do to us, no matter what they say to us, and no matter what they do to us, if we can love, I mean, actually love them with the love, the love that God has, if we can love them unconditionally, then we've got the rest of them pretty well. We've got the rest of them uh, in good shape. Chapter 4. Now therefore hearken, O Israel, unto the statutes and unto the judgments which I teach you, for to do them that ye may live and go in and possess the land which the Lord God of your fathers giveth you. Ye shall not add unto the word which I command you, Neither shall you diminish out from it, that ye may keep the commandments of the Lord your God, which I command you. Now that one verse there, he says, Ye shall not add unto the word. If we go back over in Revelations, and when John was, was uh, 
there on on the Isle of Patmos, and he was he was writing the book of Revelations. And we go to verse uh, eighteen, uh, and I'm sorry, it's chapter twenty-two, last chapter of Revelation, and the last few verses of chapter uh, chapter twenty-two, and the last few verses of of Revelation it says, starting in verse eighteen, for I testify unto every man that heareth the words of the prophecy of this book, if any man shall add unto these things. God shall add unto him the plagues that are written in this book. And if any man shall take away from the words of the book of this prophecy, God shall take away his part out of the book of life and out of the holy city and from the things which are written in this book. He which testifies these things saith, Surely I come quickly. Amen. Even so, come Lord Jesus. The grace of our Lord Jesus Christ be with you all. Amen. He said, if you take any, if you add to this book, I'm going to add to the plagues. And now we just studied not too long ago about the ten plagues in Egypt. And I tell you what, there, there was some bad plagues. And he said, if you take away anything from this, he said, I'll take take your name away from, out of the Lamb's Book of Life. And, you know, we've got to be very careful. Um, and that I guess that's the one reason why that I, I'm not really up to, up to these new Bibles, these new versions of the Bible. I like the King James Version. That's the one that God has put his seal on. And I, that's the one I use. Um and that's the one I'm, I will continue to use until the Lord tells me otherwise. And he said, do these statutes. Remember these things. And, you know, we, as children of God, we've got to, to do everything that the Lord tells us to do in his, in his, in his book. I mean, this is the, the instructions for life. This word of God is instructions for life. It's in it's in, uh, also our roadmap to heaven, and we got to follow that. It's just like any other roadmap. You know, if you want to get to uh, from point A to point B the quickest, fastest way you can, you look at a, at a map and you and you plot your course that you want to go and how long it's going to take you, and that's the way you want to go. You know, and every once in a while we have to deviate from from that plan because of road constructions or accidents or something like that. But now on this road to heaven, on this path to heaven that we are on, this journey to heaven, there are no detours. It's all right there wrote, wrote down. We have to stay on that path, and we have to do the will of the Lord, and we have to follow him, and we can't say, well, you know, uh, I don't like that part of the Bible. I'm going to take that out. No, that, that you can't do that. You've got to live that part just exactly the way it says. And we have to take the Word of God just exactly the way it is, and we have to live it if we are going to make it to heaven. And, uh, yes, it's hard. It is hard. It is not an easy life. I'm going to tell you that right now. And, see, that's the thing that worries me the most is, is these new newer versions of the Bible that are out now? It is trying to make this trip easier 
for people to get to heaven, there's only one way. There's only one way, and that's Jesus Christ. Follow him, do his statutes and his commandments, and you make it into heaven. Any other way, you're not going to make it. And, you know, we, we need to, to put our faith in him, trust him, follow him, and we will make it to heaven. We will make it into our promised land first. And then from our promised land, when we leave this world and, and we close our eyes in death, we'll, we will make it to heaven. And because the Bible says that we will, if we will follow him, keep his commandments, and do what he says to do, we will make it into heaven. And, and the Lord has never lied to me, not one time. Everything that he has ever told me has come to pass, and everything that he has told me has been the truth. He cannot lie. Your eyes have seen, uh, verse 3, Your eyes have seen what the Lord did because of Baal Peor. For all the men that followed Baal Peor, the Lord thy God hath destroyed them from among you. But ye that did cleave unto the Lord your God are alive every one of you this day. Every one of you that cleave to the, to the Lord are going to live. We're going to go to a mansion in heaven, and we are going to uh, be in a, a city that is, uh, we can't even begin to fathom what it, it, how beautiful that it is. If we will cleave to God, if we will trust in the Lord and follow him, but those that do not, they are going to have a fiery death too. But unlike these people, when the Lord destroyed them by fire and they died, with those that are going to uh, be in the lake of fire are never going to die. They are going to feel every, every bit of the flames. They're going to... They're going to have torments, not just the flames, but other things are going to torment them because they have rejected the Lord and they have uh, turned away from him and, and they have tried every way that they could think of other than the word of God to get into heaven. Behold, I have taught you statutes and judgments, even as the Lord my God commanded me that ye should go, you should do so in the land whether ye go to possess it. Doesn't matter where you're at, doesn't matter what you're doing, you've got to live for the Lord. And as the old saying is, when in Rome, do like the Romans. No, when in Rome, you still live for the Lord. You still live that sanctified life. You still, you still. Uh, become a peculiar people. You still uh, come out from among the world and be separated people, even though that everything, the world around you is is uh, gone crazy and doing all kinds of crazy things. We have still got to um, stake our claim in the name of Jesus and, and live for Him and do for Him. Uh, and not worry about the world and everything that the world's doing. We, we got to be of this world, but we don't have to partake of the world. And 
you know that's that's where a lot of us get in trouble sometimes is yeah there's there is fun in the world there there is fun in the world i will give you that but it's just for a season and then it's going to be over with and then you're going to have the old saying is you're going to have to pay the piper so whichever way that you have that you were when your eyes closed in death that's where you're going to end up at heaven or hell and we have to make that choice and we can't we can't live for the lord uh 50% of the time and live for satan the other 50% of the time it it don't work that way it's 100% either way so we need, we need to make our choice and make up our mind exactly who it is that we want to live for and we need to live for them and we need to uh, to uh, give it 100% and live for that whether it be satan or, or what you say oh come on man you tell me that I go out and live for live for satan no if you're going to do it you're going to do it. It doesn't matter what I say or what anybody else says, really. But you can't straddle the fence. You can't live for the Lord half the time and live for Satan the other half of the time. You're going to either love one and hate the other. It doesn't matter. You're going to either love Christ and hate Satan or you're going to love Satan and hate Christ. You can't love them both. It don't work and it won't work. If you try to do both of them, you're going to end up with Satan because it, it doesn't work. God says you can't, you can't worship God and mammon. You've got to pick one or the other. So now then, the choice is yours. See, this is where our free will comes in. We have, this is where that, the, the thing that sets us apart from the angels in heaven. See, when Satan... When Satan fell from heaven, his tail took a third of the angels with him. These angels have never had the chance to repent and go back to heaven. Never. They made that choice. They do not have the choice to go back to heaven. They don't have a free will. We do. We, we have a choice. We choose. God doesn't choose for us, and Satan doesn't choose for us. We choose ourselves of exactly who it is that we're going to serve. And that person that we serve, like I said, you might as well do it 100% and quit trying to straddle the fence and do 50% on one side and 50% on the other side because you're going to end up 100% for Satan even though you want that 50% for the Lord, you want to do the things of the Lord, but you want to do the things, you want to partake of the things of the world and have fun in the world, but you want to do, you want to go to heaven. It don't work that way. If you're going to make it to heaven, you're going to have to live a hundred percent for God and forget about the world, forget about the things in the world and the things of the world, and leave them alone, and live for the Lord. And get off the fence and quit trying to do both because you're going to fail and you're going to fail miserably. But he's talking about how that 
the Lord is going to bless them and how he's going to take them into this promised land and how that he is going to give them uh, the land and, and uh, all they have to do is go in and possess it. And and here again, this is where we get in trouble a lot of times. We, we sit around and we wonder why the Lord is not blessing us and why he's not answering our prayers and we're on the bench of do nothing and we're waiting for God to move when he wants us to move because we got to do some work. See, when the children of Israel, when they went in to possess this land, they, they were other people in that, in that promised land. And they had to go in and they had to physically take this land away from these people. They had to go to battle with these people and they had to destroy these people and take this land and their cities from them. We as children of God, we have got work to do. We can't sit around and just think that God's going to hand us everything on a silver platter. It's not going to happen. This is where we need to do some work. All right, how do, how do, we, how do we do work to get the blessings of the Lord? Well, we've got to, first off, we've got to help our fellow man. We've got to minister into their needs. We've got to tell them about the Lord. We've got to show them about the Lord. And we have got to uh, instruct them on, on, how, on what, how to exactly how to receive this salvation that we have. But before we do that, this is, this is where that we need to spend time in prayer we need to spend time in God's Word by ourselves, just us and the Lord. Just some get off somewhere by ourselves for uh, whatever time that you can, and you go to Him, and you study His Word, and you talk to Him, and you have Jesus teach you exactly what you need to do to do these things that He wants you to do. So that you can inherit, you well, you could go in and you could possess this land, this land of milk and honey, this land where God can bless you and use you in a great and mighty way, this land to where that you go in and and you're happy with what you got and and you uh, want more of the Lord, you want more more knowledge and more understanding of His Word. These are the things that are foremost in your life. And not the things of the world. This is what this is that promised land that that the Lord has promised the Israelites. He it was at an actual physical land, but to us it's a spiritual place, a place to where our spirit and and grows and our spirit longs for for uh, understanding and knowledge and and a, a close relationship with the Lord. That's that's what our land of milk and honey is that's what our canaan land is it's not heaven because i'm not going to have to fight when i get to heaven when i get to heaven all my fighting's done that's it it's over with i don't have to fight anymore i don't have to fight satan i don't have to fight man i don't have to fight nobody anymore but that land that canaan land when they cross over that that uh, River Jordan, and they go in to possess that land, there's going to be some battles fought. And there's going to be some battles won, and there's going to be a few of them that's lost. But just because that they did not follow 
Jesus the way that he wanted to follow God the way that he told them to to do, and they decided they was going to do it their way because they knew better than he did. And that didn't work out real well. Now then, remember when uh, Moses went up on the mount and God wrote the uh, Ten Commandments upon two tablets. And one of them was, uh, Thou shalt have no other God before me. And Moses now in chapter in verse 15 uh, he is going to reiterate about idolatry. And he he gets into it a little bit more. He gets into um, things that could happen to Israel if they uh, do go after idols and they, they quit following Christ. And, you know, because in uh, verse 24 it says, For the Lord thy God is a consuming fire. Even a jealous God, he is jealous. When you start fooling around with the things of the world, he gets he gets jealous and he gets upset, and that's when you're going to get in trouble because he's going he's going to end up chastising you. And he he did have to chastise the children of Israel several times because of them chasing after other gods. But in verse 15, it says, Take ye therefore good heed unto yourselves, for ye saw no manner of similitude on the day that the Lord spake unto you in Herob out of the midst of the fires. Lest ye corrupt yourselves and make you a, a graven image, the similitude of any figure, the likeness of male or female. If you remember when uh, the Lord called the children of Israel to the to the uh foot of the Mount Herob, and he came down on the mountain with thunderings and lightning and uh, a great smoke and everything, and, and so much so that uh, the mountain trembled, and the the people really got scared, and they started backing up and everything, and he talked to them out of this, this cloud and this, this all this smoke and everything. He talked to the children of Israel. But they did not see any any similitude of, of a man or any beast or anything like that. All they seen was this thunderings and lightning and smoke, and, and they heard this voice speak to them. And there was a reason for that, as we just read here. He said, I, I did that for a purpose. I did that so that you could not make any kind of a, a graven image out of what uh, you've seen whether it's a, a male or female male or animal or whatever uh, he said all you heard was a voice and he he goes on to tell them about uh, what's going on in the, in the land where they're going to and these people that they, they they worship every kind of god to be thought of they they there's uh Likenesses of beast and uh, winged fowl and uh, things that creep on the ground and fish and and uh, snakes and they look up and they see the the sun and the moon and the stars and and they start worshiping them when they run out of everything else to start worshiping. Well, we aren't as 
uh, outward with our gods today as those people were then. We we are like closet worshipers. Uh, we we keep saying that we we worship our Lord and Savior Jesus Christ and our Heavenly Father, but yet we have so many gods that we we have stuck around that that we really don't realize, and we say that we don't have any, but you know. If we'd really sit down and take take time to look at our life and and examine ourselves, and we'd find out that uh, we have had some gods and we have got some. So what, what, what are you talking about? Anything that you put between you and the Lord, that's your God at that point in time. If you are sitting watching TV and you are watching a show on TV and the Lord speaks to you and tells you to uh, pick up the phone and call so-and-so and you tell him that, well, just as soon as this show goes off, I'll call. That show that you're watching at that time, that's your God because you put that between you and the Lord. That's what you're worshiping at that time. Instead of doing what the Lord told you to do, you're worshiping that show. After the show goes off, I'll call. After that show goes off, there's another one comes on, and you have forgotten about calling so-and-so, and you're still watching this show, so the Lord comes back to you and tells you to call this person again, and you make another excuse. So there's twice that you have rejected the Lord and have worshipped your God. The Lord wakes you up in the middle of the night, tells you to get up and pray for someone, and you start making excuses. I've got, Lord, I've got, I've got to go to sleep. I've got to go to work in the morning. I'll, I'll do it when I get up in the morning. You know how we are. We've got excuses for everything. Well, at that point in time, that bed is what you're worshiping instead of worshiping your Lord and Savior, Jesus Christ. Because you will not get out of bed to do what he wants you to do. That's what you're worshiping. So we, you, you say you don't have any gods, but let me tell you something. Look back over your life. Oh, I'm, I'm guilty I'm, I am guilty of all of them myself. The Lord tell me to go study, and I'm watching something on TV. In a minute, Lord. I, I want to see the end of this, and then I'll go. But I don't never go. I have just made that TV show, or the TV, actually. I have just made that TV my God, and that's what I'm worshiping. I'm sitting there watching that TV, Instead of doing what the Lord told me to do, I have rejected the Lord so that I can watch that TV. So that's what I'm worshiping at that time. So we need, we need to really take inventory on our life and look at our life. Find out what the gods are that are in our life. Find out what it is that we're, we're putting before the Lord so many times that we really don't realize it. It has become such a habit to do these things that we really don't realize it, that we're doing it. But we are doing it. 
and do it quite a bit. If you will really sit down and take the time to go back over your life and to check things out, you'd be surprised how many times that you have worshipped something else instead of your Lord and Savior, Jesus Christ. And, you know, the, the, the sad thing about it is, is those things, that person that the Lord wanted you to pray for or that thing that the Lord wanted you to do may not be important at all. The person may not need prayer. It's just a simple fact that the Lord is testing you. I'm sorry to say that you made a zero on that test. You failed miserably. <laughs> I've done the same thing myself many times. I have failed miserably because I didn't do what it was the Lord wanted me to do. But, you know, the Lord still will bless you, will still forgive you. He is a merciful God. He is a loving God, but he is a jealous God. You will probably get chastised for it. And you got cheat and you just cheated yourself out of a blessing from the God by worshiping your other God, which was probably not as uh not as great as a blessing that you would got from your heavenly father if you'd have done what you were asked to do. But there are ye shall serve gods. Now let's back up here. And when thou shalt beget children, and children's children, this is verse twenty-five, and ye shall have uh, remained long in the land, and shall corrupt yourselves, and make a graven image or the likeness of anything, and shall do evil in the sight of the Lord thy God to provoke him to anger. I call heaven and earth to witness against you this day that ye shall soon utterly perish from off the land whereof unto ye go over Jordan to possess it. Ye shall not prolong your days upon it, but shall utterly be destroyed. And the Lord shall scatter you among the nations, and ye shall be left few in number among the heathen, whether the Lord shall lead you. And there ye shall serve gods, the works of men's hands, wood and stone, which neither see nor hear nor eat nor smell, but it from thence thou shalt seek the Lord thy God. But if from thence thou shalt seek the Lord thy God, thou shalt find him. If thou seek him with all thy heart and with all thy soul. So Moses is telling them, he said, you will do this. You will you will go chasing after these gods. You will go worshiping these gods. And when you do, this is what's going to happen. The Lord's going to punish you. He's going to scatter you. He's going He's going to take your land away from you, uh, and and do all these things to you. But and I always like those buts. It's but God. But God. For the Lord thy God is merciful God. He will not forsake thee, neither destroy thee, nor forget the covenant of thy fathers, which he swore unto them. But if from hence, 
thence thou shalt seek the Lord thy God, thou shalt find him. If thou seek him with all thy heart and with all thy soul, even though you're doing all these things and you're chasing after all these gods and you're putting all these gods before him and you're doing all these things that he tells you not to do and you do these things, still yet, if you will repent, if you will ask God to forgive you and you will seek him with all your heart and with all your soul and you come to him with a contrite heart and beg for forgiveness, God will forgive you. It doesn't matter what you've done. There's only one sin that I know of that is unpardonable and that's the sin of the, against the Holy Ghost. The Lord will forgive you of everything else if you will ask him. And if you are serious and you will ask him, he will forgive you. It doesn't matter what you've done. It doesn't matter. Murder, rape, doesn't matter. Kidnapping, stealing, doesn't matter. But see, the thing about it is, is we need to ask God to forgive us. We need to repent for doing that sin. And we need to turn away from those things and not do those things again. Then the Lord will forgive us. And he will. He will pick you up. And it doesn't matter how far down you've got, how bad you've got. It doesn't matter. He will pick you up. He will clean you off. And he will, sit, he will put new clothes on you. He will put a new heart in you. He will set you up on that solid rock. And you, he will call you his child. That's the God I serve. But God. It doesn't matter. God's always got a route of escape. But God. No matter what you do, he's going to be right there for you. All you have to do is cry out for and ask him to forgive you. You know, there's so many times in the Bible that it talks about us doing things and, and falling from grace and, and uh, backsliding on the Lord and, and uh, doing things that we shouldn't do and all this stuff. But there's always a route of escape. There's always a way to get back to the Lord. Most of the time, all it is is just crying out to the Lord and asking Him to forgive you. Tell Him, I'm sorry, I, for, I did this. Yes, tell Him what you've done. He knows what you've done, but tell Him what you've done and ask Him to forgive you for doing that thing. Or if you, if you are one of those times where you're watching TV or in the bed and the Lord tells you to do something and you didn't, Ask him to forgive you for putting that bed or that TV in front of him. Ask him to forgive you. He will. He'll pick, like I said, he'll pick you up. He'll clean you off. He'll put new clothes on you. He'll put rings on your fingers. Just like a prodigal son. He will meet you. You don't have to go all the way back to him. He will meet you. He will run to you and meet you, and he will give you the best because that's who he is. 
I thank you all for listening. I hope you got something out of this, and I hope God blesses you in a great and mighty way. Thank you.